Hello and welcome back to Cinema at First Sight. It is the penultimate episode of the year. What a way to end 2021, almost. It's actually not even December yet, I'm getting ahead of myself. But regardless, we're back for another week. If this is your first time tuning in, then welcome. The premise of Cinema at First Sight is that I will review either the first episode of a TV show or the first half of a movie and judge it based on as little information as possible. Why? I don't know. It's a flawed concept I came up with on a whim, but we're back and at it again today. And I am going to be tackling the highly critically acclaimed PBS original series Schitt's Creek, which I have only recently discovered. So, I mean, first question, is this a rewatch or is this a first time watch? This is weirdly a rewatch, but allow me to explain. I watched the first episode halfway through last year after hearing all of the hype, and I've got to be honest, I wasn't the biggest fan. I mean, I don't think it was bad, I just thought it was insanely overrated. Is that because I was kind of pissed that it was beating out some of my favourite shows at the Emmys? 100%. I'll admit to that. Look, I'm not immune to bias. Sue me. I'm human. So I was expecting something phenomenal and earth-shattering, and anything that fell below that, I was just, like, automatically inclined to hate. However, like, a week and a half ago, I finished Young and Hungry, which, side note, is terrible but also weirdly bingeable, and then just needed another 20-minute show to fill that void and distract me from homework. So I decided to just pick up from where I left off with Shit's Creek, aka Season 1, Episode 3, and, speaking to you today, have now finished literally all six seasons and actually ended up really enjoying it. So I thought it would be interesting to go back and re-watch the pilot for the first time since early 2020, now that I'm no longer inclined to dislike it. And I just want to see if former me was being too harsh. Spoiler alert, like, yeah, of course she was. She's petty. So before we get into some analysis or reanalysis or whatever this weird episode is, I'm just going to go through some basic plot points. The usual. The stock standard. So the show centers around the insanely wealthy Rose family. We have Johnny, played by Eugene Levy, who is the former owner of a video store chain and is, I would argue, the most normal and level-headed member of the family. We have Moira, his wife, and incredibly eccentric former star of soap opera Sunrise Bay. We have David, this snarky and pretentious son, and finally Alexis, their completely disillusioned and self-involved daughter with a penchant for the promiscuous. A classic group of stereotypes shoved into one family unit. How could shenanigans not ensue? So the pilot opens as the entire family is kicked out of their New York McMansion following news that their conveniently missing business manager, Eli, hasn't been paying their taxes and has now left them pretty much completely broke. The government leaves them with a very modest income and a single asset, Schitt's Creek, spelt S-C-H-I-T-T apostrophe S, hence mainstream television being able to air this show. It is a rundown country town that Johnny bought David 20 years ago as a joke gift. Considering that is the only thing that any of them now have to their name, they're forced to uproot their lives and move into the local Schitt's Creek Motel, which is as rough as it sounds. Upon arrival, they're greeted by deadpan, sardonic front desk receptionist Stevie, who prides herself on not even doing her job. Honestly, a mood. And town mayor Roland Shit, aka Crass Redneck Personified. 
The Roses obviously have a tough time adjusting to the significant lifestyle downgrade. Moira starts hysterically accusing people of stealing her jewellery. David hits up Stevie at the front desk and asks for some towels, which, you know, reasonable, but then follows that up by asking if the motel has a business centre, which, you know, is less reasonable. Johnny loses it and cusses out the mayor, and Alexis tries to save herself and only herself and get her wealthy boyfriend Stavros to fly over and get her out of there ASAP. Obviously, Stavros doesn't pull through, and Alexis, like the rest of the family, are stuck in Shit's Creek for the indefinite future. End of episode. A classic fish out of water setup for a comedy. So yeah, this brings me to my first question, what are some of my favourite moments, or moments that I consider to be most exciting or most pivotal? I just like really like the premise in general. It's a classic riches to rags, family displacement, take a shot every time I say fish out of water, main event, with potential for conflict and drama to ensue. It's obviously going to. You take away what this family has known their entire lives and shove them into an unknown environment, how could that not cause some fun antics? And yeah, I think the real strength of this show, another one of my favourite things, is the cast. I think the group of stock characters that make up the Rose family are a really good pick. They're all, at this point, stereotypes, but they're ones that work together really well on paper and definitely on screen. And by that I mean there's just great potential, again, for conflict, but also wholesome family bonding. Plus, really importantly, all four of the main cast members are giving pretty stellar performances. Which is actually something that I've come to appreciate more, particularly in this rewatch. However, I'm getting ahead of myself, and we'll delve into that later when I cover my perspectives that have changed this time around. But I feel safe with these four at the helm. Another one of my favourite things? Moira's accent. What is it? Literally, who knows? Part American. Part English. Part David Lynch fantasy. And part Edgar Allan Poe protagonist. Entirely amazing. She is, like I said, very eccentric and extra and phenomenal. I love it. And then I guess just objectively speaking, the most pivotal moment, like obviously the beginning, when they get booted from their privileged lives and forced to live in the town of Shit's Creek in a dingy motel, it's the entire premise of the series. If this event didn't happen, then the show wouldn't exist. And then also I guess when we find out that they're going to be stuck there for a while, so that we know their pain and struggle is going to be ongoing and not an issue that can be resolved easily. But I still think the beginning is really the climactic high point, which, interesting choice, but it works. So now this brings me to some of my least favourite moments, or moments that I consider to be least exciting or least pivotal. I remember definitely the first time round, but also a little bit this time round, my least favourite thing is kind of the claustrophobic feel. The town's supposed to be horrible. It's called Shit's Creek. This is the Rose family's rock bottom. But the thing is, it, like, it actually is. It feels it. Watching the four of them stuck in that depressing, depressing tiny hotel room is making me feel trapped, and it's kind of draining. I just want to get out. I don't know why this claustrophobia is so present in the pilot, but it definitely does get better as the show goes on, spoiler alert. Which may be intentional, like, maybe as the characters adapt to the town, they feel less and less trapped and make themselves more and more at home, or maybe it's just a case of pilot episode training wheels. But I'm very aware as a viewer at the moment that I cannot escape, and I don't necessarily like that. And then, yeah, a critique is, I guess, that the main four are all a bit stereotypical and vapid and lack substance. 
so I guess that's one of my least favorite things so far. However, that would only be a real problem if it continued down the track. An absence of depth can definitely work in the short term, and seeing as this pilot is a snappy 20 minutes, I don't necessarily need to find an emotional in at this point, but down the track, if this continues, then it would definitely be my least favorite thing about the show. However, spoiler alert, it doesn't. And then my final least favorite thing, it's very picky, but I feel like the way they revealed the fact that Johnny bought the town for David as a gag gift had the potential to be a lot funnier. Because, like, that's an insane thing to do. And the first time I watched it, it literally didn't even cross my radar. Like, it went in one ear, out the other. But that has the potential to be comedic gold. And I feel like if that kind of concept or idea was featured in episodes further down the line, once the writing team had really hit their peak and found their rhythm, it would have been done in a way that was more clever. But considering it's a pilot and they were just warming up, it just didn't land as hard as it could have. But again, that's an annoyingly specific critique that I have been able to make with the benefit of hindsight seeing how well-established and well-formed jokes down the track are. So I really should have just checked my privilege at the door when I started recording this. I'm sorry. Now, moving on to some of my favorite characters. From the get-go last time, I think my favorite character was definitely David. I mean, he's super funny and sarcastic and has a bit more of a self-awareness of his privilege than Alexis, which is a nice balance, but is also still insanely stuck in his rich person bubble and doesn't fully understand the struggles of normal people as much as he thinks he does. So there is both a comedy from the fact that he is occasionally somewhat relatable, yet also completely not. Which now that I think about it is actually a very weird combination and kind of hard to do, but it works. Probably because Dan Levy is just super likable and has great delivery and comedic timing. That could have something to do with it, I don't know. And yeah, I guess a real strength of the show is also Stevie. She's kind of the audience surrogate so far. She's sarcastic and is obviously very amused by the fact that the Roses are so out of touch with reality, but also hates Schitt's Creek and is aware that it sucks and therefore does not bother applying herself at her very uninspiring job because what's the point? She's relatable and also very likable due to a really great portrayal by Emily Hampshire. She's able to make fun of everything and everyone, but not in an obnoxious way, where she points out everyone else's flaws but doesn't acknowledge her own, but more in an understated, I hate my life, please help kind of way, which I appreciate and can for sure sympathize with. And now this is a perspective that has changed, but this time around, Moira. She's an icon. She's a legend. She's a star. She is the moment. However, I'm gonna cover the fact that I now love her in a future category. I know. I'm a tease. We'll get there. Stop harassing me. And again, speaking from the privileged position of future me, which I really shouldn't do, this podcast is literally called Cinema at First Sight, but it's also my podcast, so get over it. But now, literally all of them. Like I said before, I'm a big fan of the whole ensemble cast. They're all so funny in very different ways and work together really well. And while of course at the moment our archetypal also significantly deviate from those archetypes throughout. I mean, anyone who's seen the series, can we spoiler alert? Take a minute to appreciate Alexis's character development. But again, this answer is irrelevant because I'm speaking from an informed place. Let's get back to what this podcast is actually about. I'm going to try and stay on brand for the podcast from now on. I'm going to fail, but I'm going to try. Let's move to least favorite characters. I only have one, but it's a big one. The mayor, Roland. He's gross. He's socially unaware. He's uncouth. He has no respect for personal space or anyone, any human being around him. And not in a funny way. I actually still find him to be one of the most annoying characters in the show as it goes on. But I remember straight up hating him the first time around. This time, still not a fan. I think it's because he's in the episode way too much. 
That's a lot of full-on irritation to put in the forefront of an episode, particularly the first episode. He actually kind of makes me sick. I'm Team Johnny. I probably would have sworn at him too. Now, the next category that I always go to is storylines that I think will be expanded upon or should be expanded upon or what I want to see more or less of. Obviously, I can't really speak to storylines I think will be expanded upon. I'm not going to pretend that I haven't seen the rest of the show and then be like, I'm going to guess every piece of character development and plot development 100% correctly. I can't believe I'm a psychic. Raven Simone, quit your day job. So instead, I'm just going to talk about what I want to see more or less of based on this pilot episode. So yeah, given the fact that everything is pretty basic so far, seeing as we've only been introduced to 20 minutes of this Shit's Creek world, I want more depth and nuance. Not only would I want to see more shades to each character as opposed to personified tropes, but I want character relationships to deepen. I want to see the love between the roses. I want the show to have a foundational heart. I want to be emotionally invested in the long run. I also want more David-Stevie interaction. The scene where David asks Stevie if she has any towels and also asks about a bunch of other facilities that this rundown motel obviously doesn't have. And she hits him with some sarcasm and sass, two traits he also shares. Already establish a bit of chemistry. There's a dynamic there. From this episode, you don't necessarily know whether or not this relationship will be amicable or not, but you know it's going to be entertaining. And yeah, like I said, I want less Roland. He's front and center in this episode when, at best, he works as a side character. It's just a lot. It's too much. I would personally petition for him to be not in the show at all, but if he's going to be there, he can't have this much screen time. And also, yeah, what I want less of, what I want to see going forward, I want Alexis to get over Stavros. She's more interesting the less she pines after a random guy who we've never even met. I mean, if she's gonna go after a guy, start going after guys who are on screen. It's like playwriting what I want, not to mention characters who are off stage. If someone's important, bring them into the action. And now the next category is a fun one that I don't often get to whip out. It's things I didn't realize until this time around or perspectives that have changed. And like I said, I was being a petty little loser a year and a half ago, so there are quite a few perspectives that have changed. But I think the main opinion that has completely shifted is how I feel about Alexis. For some reason, the first time I watched the pilot, I really didn't like her. I thought she was the weak link of the Rose family. To be fair, in this first episode, she is just kind of a straight-up, self-involved, self-entitled caricature of a privileged human being and doesn't seem to have any redeeming qualities. But, of course, that's the baseline that needs to be initially set before a character can grow. We've only seen one side of her. We've only seen a little bit of Alexis, if you will. That's a joke for the fans. Plus, she still has some funny lines, so I definitely no longer hate her. I think I was being harsh last year. She just hasn't become an icon yet but just wait a season or two, we'll get there. And then the other perspective that's completely changed is how I feel about Moira. I feel like I slept on her the first time around. She's so goddamn funny. She's Hollywood starlet meets gothic novel. And Catherine O'Hara is amazing. I take back any resentment I had about her winning Emmys over other people in the best actress in a comedy category because I get it. She's earned it. Take all the awards. I, from the bottom of my heart, apologize. Catherine O'Hara, you don't need my apology, you don't know who I am, and you also don't know how I felt about you a year and a half ago, but I am so deeply sorry. It's not like I disliked her the first time around, but I just didn't realise how much of an icon she truly is. Which is insane, because right from the get-go, she's an incredible character. It's not like it takes her a few episodes to get into her stride, she's just straight into it. I think this rewatch has actually taught me that she's my favourite character at the very beginning. God, I was so naive. 18 months can really change a person. 
Now, the next category that I always whip out is most problematic moments. And I always say in brackets, if applicable, because I don't want to force political incorrectness into something that doesn't have it. And yeah, I don't think this show is remotely problematic. Everything that could be considered quote unquote problematic, such as Alexis wanting to ditch her entire family and Johnny lashing out at the mayor is only happening because they're privileged and naive and haven't had to really work hard for anything either in a while or ever in their lives. And that's the point. The show's making fun of privilege by shoving people in the middle of small town, carny rural life. The simple life, but give it an Emmy. Though also it doesn't even make fun of privilege mean-spiritedly. It's all in good fun, and again, spoiler alert, god I really need to come down with them. These, at the moment, kind of rudimentary stereotypes develop significantly and become way more nuanced. You end up genuinely really liking the whole Rose family and rooting for them. Not necessarily to get out, but to succeed interpersonally and grow. But that's not important right now. What's important is that the things that any character does that are problematic are entirely intentional and not a sign of an ignorant writing staff, but rather an incredibly self-aware one. So good job. Kudos. Now, what category of viewing is it? The three categories that I have are trash, treasure, and guilty pleasure. Yes, predominantly because they rhyme, but trash meaning that it's awfully written, it's terrible, and it's genuinely not enjoyable remotely, not even in a fun way. Treasure meaning literally the complete opposite, critically acclaimed, award-winning, expertly crafted, or guilty pleasure meaning it's not very well made. It's pretty bad, but I'm also weirdly into it and have guilt at the fact that I am so into it. I mean, yeah, anyone who's heard of the show would probably be able to guess that it's a treasure. And it is a pretty solid pilot. Is it as much of a treasure as the rest of the series? No. I think the show really grows and comes into its own later. Later in the season, but also in the seasons beyond that. But as a pilot, I still think it's really strong. And I'm kind of annoyed at Annabelle 18 months ago for actively wanting to dislike it, purely because everyone else was into it and it was receiving enormous critical acclaim. I guess I just didn't want to be like other girls. But that's a me problem. And now viewing style. Who would I want to watch it with? Where would I watch it? And who would I not watch it with? AKA the least and most ideal viewing circumstances. I feel like this is a really easy show to watch. You can talk through it. You can watch it intently in silence. You can watch it with friends. You can watch it with family. You can watch it alone as a comfort show. That's a great one. That's what I did because I have no other options. I literally live by myself. So it's kind of hard to pick a circumstance that doesn't work. Except actually, you know what? I guess the least ideal viewing circumstance, probably with me a year and a half ago, bringing down the mood and convincing you to boycott it. So we've already reached the second last question. Will I keep going with the rest of the season? I mean, I did. So that's probably a testament to my answer to this question. Sure, it took me a while, but if I'd entered bias free, then yeah, I think I'd keep going. It's a very easy watch. Also, coming from someone who has now watched all six seasons, I can definitely recommend you go for it. So final question. God, we've got there already. Time flies when you talk to yourself alone in your wardrobe. Rating out of five. I think based strictly on the pilot, obviously it's called Cinema at First Sight, I'm going to give it a 3.5, but as it goes on, definitely a 4. Perhaps even a 4.5 in some episodes, but no, like 4. That's fair overall. But 3.5 for this pilot. It's strong, great concept, fun bunch of characters, bit surface level, but heaps of room to grow, which is what you want. You don't want to see the best of the best at the beginning and then it just goes downhill. Who wants that? No one. It's a really enjoyable show. You'll laugh, down the track, your props cry. You'll find a home. 
in the rundown town of Schitt's Creek, a form of escapism you never knew you wanted. And I definitely recommend you go for it. It's on Netflix in Australia and America, probably everywhere in Canada. Side note, this is Canadian. It's actually kind of hard to avoid at this point. I think it's pretty ubiquitous. So wherever you can get a hold of it, get a hold of it. Give it a watch. Persevere. If you similarly watch the pilot and don't want to like it just because everyone else does, you'll be doing yourself dirty. So I think just keep going. And that's pretty much all I have for you. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you appreciated this honestly kind of annoying episode that deviated from form, but I made up the form and the form's kind of stupid. So maybe this was better than other episodes. Who knows? Probably not. And I will talk to you next week when I will be reviewing the first half of Sun movie that I haven't picked yet in the finale of season three, the 2021 closer. And I'll talk to you then. Bye.